What's crackalackin' everybody? Mighty smart guy Matt Zapala here. Hey, Lintia from Dallas, Texas, and back again in the studio here for another episode of the Seven Figure Squad podcast. Joining me in the studio today is, again, Milton Alvarez. Milton, I'm still sore after that workout on Monday, man. It was a good one, man. Woo! You were moving, baby. <laughs> that whole snatch, that whole snatch race thing. Yeah, you oh, man. You were moving, man. <laughs> and, and Matt, we're on episode 50, and yeah. 5 0. The, the number yeah. 50 right now plays a massive role in my life. Is that do, right? Do, do you mind if I start off with a quick testimony? Articulate. Articulate. Go ahead. So um, a couple weeks ago, I, um, I I was talking to one of my friends from, from, from Chicago, and I told him, look, man, if I'm able to, these last six weeks of the year, if I'm able to cro- make an extra 50000 I cross over a milestone in my finances. Okay. So it, when I started off, it was two hundred, And I say this very modestly and very respectfully to, uh, for the people watching. I don't really like talking about my finances, but there's a testimony behind this. Starting off at 200, then 225, 250, 300, and then I've been stuck between that that, that 300 mark. Okay. Um, but I told myself like I want to see if I can get to that 350 mark. So I told him like I need to figure out a way to generate more at least fifty thousand dollars to hit that milestone without me taking on more burden. Okay. And without me having to you know exhaust myself and trade time for money, mm-hmm. right? Build this, something. This is, this is minus your OnlyFans page. Correct. Mine is my, my feed page, correct. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was looking at f- figuring out ways how to do it and because I had a couple projects in Illinois that I want to to work with. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I looked into getting a, a, a business loan because I wanted mm-hmm. to invest that money into a project that I have going on in Illinois. Um, I, this happened like three days ago. Uh, two days ago, I jumped on the phone with them. And yesterday, we had a follow-up conversation. And um, for some reason, something in my spirit said, not yet. Don't do it yet. Don't pull mm-hmm. the trigger. I got approved, but don't do it yet. Anyways, fast forward. Uh, yesterday is around 8, 9 p.m. in the evening. I'm on my couch uh, preparing for today. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from one of my former clients. Can't say who, but one of my former clients. And they're like, hey, um, are you busy? No, I'm not. What's going on? Talk to me. So tell me, Milton, like, what, what's, what's, your out, like, what's your dream outcome? What, what is mm-hmm. it that you want to do you know, once you get to that point in your finances? Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, everything I want to do, the nonprofit, you know, missionary work, and just the, long, the, the bigger picture behind why I'm trying to make money. Okay. And they're like, okay. Because I remember you told me that you had you made God two promises that you were going to execute that, and that the moment you quote unquote made it financially, you were going to help people at a different level. Yes, I remember. I remember telling you that a couple years ago. Okay, awesome. So I want to give you a gift this Friday. I'm like, cool. What's the gift? You know, just, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is. What's the gift? And they're like, but I, I need you to take it as a gift, as nothing else. It's just a basic gift, and this is me investing and sowing into what God has for you over your life. Sure, what, what's going on? This Friday, I need to meet you at this time. Uh, I have it in my spirit. I want, I, for some reason, I feel like that I need to give you $50,000. Wow. I mean, what do you mean $50,000? Like as a loan? He's like, no, 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 no. It's just a gift. Okay. Something, put, something put in my spirit Amen. to give you $50,000. And I don't I know what's it. that going to do for you, but whatever it's going to do for you, I hope this launches you forward to the next step in your career, in your business, and also with what God's trying to do. Beautiful. But the only stipulation is you have to fulfill and keep the promises that you get, that you uh, you gave to God a couple years ago. Oh, amen. Amen, bro. No God is good. God is moving, baby. Hit the milestone. Uh-huh. No loan, and it's a gift. Okay. Zero interest. There you go. Hey, how many guys are praying for a gift? Yeah, man. For a blessing in your life. And uh, listen, man, if you got, you got to pray about it, man, you also got to act upon it too yeah. as well. I mean, you're not going to attract that type of gift if you're not action-oriented, yeah. if you're not moving towards that goal. You, you, sometimes people, you know, they want to have a, you know, an investor. They want to have a gift. They want to have a loan. They want to have an opportunity. They want an inheritance. But they're not doing anything. 
Yeah. If you're not doing anything, if you're not progressing forward, because even with or without this gift, Milton, I know you would have still kept doing what you've been doing. Yeah. You're in position. So a lot of people there that are expecting a lot of big things coming in their life, whether you're closing up this year strong or starting up 2024 very quickly, you got to keep moving, man. And so I'm very proud of you, man. Keep That's a blessing. And uh, that's just a, another example of the power of, of taking control and ownership and responsibility of everything that's going on in your life, which is not a popular method of doing things because, you know, you look at uh, the administration today of our country. I mean, uh, the president wants to pay off student loan debt. The people wants uh, illegal immigrants to be, have, be able to vote. Mm-hmm. They want them, you know, this the whole southern border thing. I mean, you know, the, the, the crisis here in Texas where the governor has to say to enter my state illegally, that's a crime. He had to pass a law to do that because the federal government doesn't have our back. I mean, certain things right now are chaotic from an economic standpoint in terms of uh, the rate cuts uh, supposedly coming next year, three rate cuts supposedly next year. So a lot of chaos is happening, and the investors just flooding the market in anticipation for a lot of things happening uh, next year. But it's nothing guaranteed. So when you're looking at this uh, situation and looking at our podcast today, um, we're going to take a look at uh, a few things here. Uh, number one, paying student loans for 10 years. What's the look of a person's face of them paying loans for 10 years or student loans for 10 years and what the balance is, we're going to take a look at this clip. And then teacher is calling out parents, not the kids. The teacher is calling out parents. We'll show you why. Uh, a man complaining about his paycheck after child support. See, you got to pay attention to who you're dating and who you're having sex with because, hey, chances are you might have a child with that person. And this is the outcome of making bad decisions. Um, what the outlook is for the life insurance industry, what the outlook is for the real estate market predictions here. We'll be discussing that too as well. And of course, I'm going to share my um, five Ds here of what happens when you die without life insurance as we discuss life insurance here uh, towards the end. So uh, let's take a look at what this person looks like with their reality staring them in their face after paying student loans. By the way, I want to preface this by saying, my three older kids, we had this conversation of what their financial future is going to look like starting sixth, seventh, eighth grade. It didn't seem like academics was a strong point. And I didn't want to force upon them. If academics was a strong point, and, and, uh, and I, I wanted them to have good grades, it's a different story. Academics may not be a strong point, but it doesn't mean you lower the standards in terms of getting your A's and B's. But it does look like somebody's pursued getting higher education and getting student loans to pursue it. Let's take a look at this. I just checked my student loans because I needed to get the information to someone and what oh. 80,000 80k paying for 10 10 years last year I paid 6,000 lump sum because that's really the only way to get it low uh, that took it down to 76,000 after I've been paying for nine years so the grand total is I have paid 120 thousand dollars 50 percent more I still yeah. owe 76 how the f- is this possible student loans are literally right one there. of the most right there. so this is what happens when you don't have basic financial literacy not just in college but if people didn't even, even have it in college this is what happens when you don't have financial literacy in high school mm. have a basic conversation because there's a fancy rule that called the rule of 72 have you heard about the rule of 72 no, so basically you take whatever interest rate that you're going to earn on your particular investment let's say you're earning a, a 10 percent inve- uh, rate of return on this investment you divide it by 72 the result is 7.2 so if you invest in something for 10 years 7.2 years later your thousand dollars becomes two thousand 10 years later at 7, uh, 7.2 years later at 10 percent your money doubles to 
4,000, 2,000, 4,000. So if interest rate is working for you, the opposite is true. It can work against, against you. 100%. So this is what happens when you have debt, in this case, student loan debt, working against you. And many people, she just paid, she said $120,000, because the majority of that has been probably minimum payments and is going towards paying interest. And think about it, chances are after 10 years, most people don't have the professional job that they studied for still in their life four or five years even after graduating college. People have a college degree in whatever. Let's say they have a degree in, uh, I don't know, you know, English or, or whatever. Uh, and then five years later, they're just going to get a job based on what somebody's going to pay them, mm-hmm. not necessarily the field of study that they study for. So, you know, you're, you're a millennial. What has your friends told you about their student loan debts and, and the college degrees that they pursued? Are they still in that field or not in that field? Uh, one of my engineer friends, he was promised a quarter million dollars a year within the first 12 months of his, him starting his career. Uh, he was $300,000 or more in debt. Mm-hmm. And every single job that he's been able to attain up to this point only pays him around $80,000 Crazy. Year. So he has to have, he, he needs to get a, an evening job, whether it's Uber, Uber Eats or a serving job or a yeah. bartending job in order to be able to pay off his loans. Yeah. And those extra side gigs are the only things that are helping him stay afloat. Yep. I was, yeah. I was on the Manect app. You know, if you guys know what Manect is, we'll put the link down below. But people want to say, hey, man, I want to pick your brain. And they can schedule time with me to talk to me about their concerns about the business plan, et cetera, et cetera. There's this app called Manect. So this person booked 15 minutes with me on Manect to process what the next move was and come to find out, make a long story short, aerospace engineer. Uh, fought through college, get that aerospace engineering degree, had uh, uh, visions of high income, and he's saddened that he's only getting paid $110,000, $120,000 a year to be an aerospace engineer. That's a pretty, it's a pretty decent job. You're working for Boeing, you're looking for uh, 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 Lockheed, you're looking for, you know, for the space uh, exploration, SpaceX. Yeah. Aerospace engineer making $110,000, $120,000 a year, so he's greatly disappointed. So my recommendation for you going into the next year, or for the students that might be listening to this, if you're looking for a college degree to validate your income earning potential, listen, do I want you to go to college if you want to be an engineer? 100%. Do I want you to go to college if you want to be a scientist, uh, a doctor? Absolutely. Do I want you to go to college because you want to create uh, the new technology that's going to help a lot of people's lives? Oh, absolutely. Uh, medicine. So it's STEM, right? Uh, science, technology, uh, um, what does E stand for? Engineering, uh, math. And I would also add under L, uh, legal. I want you going to college for these things. But if you're thinking that having financial security has to go through the route of having a college degree, you're looking at two guys on a seven-figure squad podcast, not a degree, college degree between them, and we're rising in our income astronomically because we pursued betting on ourselves when it comes to the field of entrepreneurship. Now, it's not easy. I can't tell you that uh, building your own business is going to have its uh, uh, walk through the Rose Garden, but at the end of the day, when you figure out your rhythm, you figure out your clientele, you figure out your brand, it's, it's a lot worth it. You, um, For the people who are pursuing college and are, are going that route, um, Joy, we can pull up that video. It's uh, it's an ad on an advisor. Because I would assume that if you are going that route, you need to have some form of mentor. You have a mentor. I have a mentor. Oh, for sure. We look for people. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if you are in college, definitely look into getting some some form of advisory in the school so you can know which direction you're headed. And we can pull up that ad, man. That'd be great. 
Studies show parents expect to spend fifty to one hundred thousand dollars sending each of their children off to college. Yet yeah. most have saved less than twelve percent of what they'll need. With the professional help of a college funding specialist, you can save thousands by uncovering specific ways to qualify for forms of financial aid that never need to be repaid. Many parents are spending less than half of what they plan to make their children's dreams realities. Contact your college funding specialist today. Bro, financial strategy. That's, that's a at a college advi- you were advising college students yeah. on how to get through college. I was and parents. Uh huh. How to reduce their EFC? How to reduce their bro? Yeah. That's a throwback. That's like that, the, that the two thousands. So I would advise clients. There's two count. There's two assets when you're filling out the FAFSA, which is countable assets and non-countable assets. And my job was to educate parents how to move their money from non-countable to count to, to from countable to non-countable because. If they're in a non-countable category, then you reduce the EFC, the expected family contribution, when you're filling out the FAFSA. So therefore, you get a more favorable financial aid package, so the overall cost of going to college is a lot less. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I cut my teeth in, in this area in, in the mid-2000s, and uh, a lot of them uh, had their money in wrong places. or they, they think, People think that a 529 plan is an awesome thing. It is if your child wants to stay in that state. Yeah. But if your child wants to go to California or Texas or whatever, and you're in, for example, when I did it in Illinois, mm-hmm. they were sadly mistaken that their withdrawals from the 529 plan is taxable in the state of what they're going to college in. Because that's one way for the, it's an, basically the 529 plan is an incentive plan mm-hmm. to keep the kids in Illinois or if, wherever it's established. If, if more people, uh, Jordan, we can have that video ready, uh, Guy Fieri. You're, surpri- you're, su- keep surpri- you're not going to yeah. be surprised to know the video. Yeah, I know the video. Um, <laughs> If people are waking up to this reality of you know uh, student loan debt degrees and re- they really don't get you that far unless you're in certain uh, uh, in certain career career fields, mm-hmm. why is it that you think that a lot of these you know pe- you know people who are making decent money, celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, business people, especially business because Guy Fieri yeah. is a business person, yeah. why do they why do you think a lot of these parents still push their kids and incentivize their kids to go to college? It's it, I think it's less about the kids, more about the parent. Yeah, my child went to Harvard. My child went to Yale. My yeah. child went to Stanford. I mean, it's losing less and less steam, because even these major companies, Facebook and 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 and, uh, and Google and all these technology companies, Elon Musk said, "Listen, I don't care listen, you know, necessarily what your degree is. Even the federal government is saying, I don't care what your degree is. If you have a skills, you have the experience in this position, you might have the chop chance to get the job." Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the the allure of getting a college degree is starting to wear off, especially yeah. when you see scenes like that. Yeah. Or people, listen, today there's no such thing as uh, uh, human slavery. Mm-hmm. There is financial slavery. Mm-hmm. You don't have to enslave people anymore like back in the day, but you enslave people financially. Mm-hmm. And people cripple with debt. They can't even achieve any forms of financial wealth because none of the money is freed up to create wealth. Yeah, because this, this guy, he was on Fox News. He had an interview and he vows that he planned on dying broke and lose all of his fortune before he gave his kids any money unless they were able to obtain two college degrees. Jordan, let's check out this video. The same thing my dad told me. My dad says, when I die, you can expect that I'm going to die broke and you're going to be paying for the funeral. And I told my boys, none of this that we've been, that I've been building, are you going to get unless you come and take it from me? So if you want it, so my nephew Jules is in the music industry down in LA. He's in the law program at Loyola Marymount right now. You know, if you're going to be a big time entertainment uh, agent, you need to have that law background. So he's doing that. And uh, my youngest son, Ryder, is a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. Uh, or, you know, get to graduate in the spring. And he's like, Dad, this is so unfair. I haven't even gone to college yet. And you're already pushing that I got to get an MBA. He says, can I just get through college? I'm like, hey, you know, it's if you want, Shaq said it best. 
Shaq said it about his kids one time. He says, if you want any of this cheese, you got to give me two degrees. Well, <laughs> my two degrees mean, you know, postgraduate. So they're on their way. By the way, like I said earlier, if you want to be a, uh, if you want to be in STEM, right? Mm. Science, technology, engineering, math, math, medicine, or legal, go to college. 100%. That's why I have five kids. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them are going to go to college. The three, for, the three first one didn't. Yeah. Joe Jamite, he's the best debater of all the five kids. He's 13 years old. Jordan, he's most likely going to go to college. Based on his kid being four years old, 62 pounds, and, and he's fast, and he's mobile, he might have some athletics behind him, but most likely scholarship is going to take care of that. Uh, who knows? But uh, if you are breaking the bank to send your kids to college, uh, I'd, I'd advise against it. Go get a certification program. Uh, watch the show Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. There's many Dirty other jobs. different ways you can make $100,000, $200,000 a year without being in student loan debt. Those dirty jobs, but uh, I, I don't. You know, listen. If that's what he wants to do with his family, great. What he's trying to teach his kids, though, is that you have to earn it. I think that's the bottom line. Their way of earning a the family wealth is to getting a college degree. That's fine. You know, uh, you, you have to go through some form of disappointment. You have to go through some failure. You have to go some form of earning it in order for you to appreciate what you're going through. What I don't agree with with Guy Fieri is that his funeral. That uh, if I'm going to die, you guys have to pay for it. That's the part mm. I don't like. Listen, if that, that's your death, that's that's your financial responsibility. We'll get into it later in the show in terms of what outlook is in the life insurance market here in 2024. Uh, speaking of school, uh, there's this teacher calling out, not students, calling out parents because of his disappointment of the students. He's not really blaming the students. It's interesting who he blames. Let's take a look at this teacher who calls out. We need to be reinforcing the same stuff that teachers teach in class. I love how this teacher's got the American flag. I need y'all to get how serious there you go. the situation is. Today I have a test. I have students who don't want to show up for the test because they cannot read on grade level and they know the test is going to be hard. They can't. Wow. Because they can't tests read. are hard Shout out provisor. and they can't read on <laughs> grade level, they're going to engage in problem behaviors. Do you know there's a strong correlation between the level of literacy a person has and behavior problems that they have? Do you know that when I first got into my education class, the one, the first thing they said is they said that prisons will determine how many beds they need based on third grade reading scores. Wow. Because wow. there's a strong correlation between reading scores, math scores, and behavior problems. I want sure. you to imagine you're a kid and your teacher asks you to read and you're nervous because you know you can't read and people are going to make fun of you. So you do mm -hmm. one of two things. Either you make yourself a joke and you start disrupting the class mm -hmm. and so the hope that you either get kicked out or you can avoid that situation altogether or you do something aggressive and get kicked out of class, task avoidance, something like that. Your parents get called, you go home, you get scolded, you get your butt whooped, but you're still not learning, you're not growing, you're not doing anything. All because of something that can be easily avoided by working with your children at home to supplement what they're learning in school. Pause. So who's he blaming? Who's, he, who's calling? He's calling out the parents. The parents. But why aren't the parents parenting? Because of the economic situation that they find themselves in. They're stressed out, paycheck to paycheck, inflation, rising costs of everything around them. They got two jobs, three jobs. Whether if they're a single parent household, you got three, four, five income sources coming in from jobs. So the parents are stressed out, and they can't even parent their kids. They can't even raise their kids. And he's talking about supplementing. The way I look at it, the schools supplement what I teach, not the other way around. Mm. So you're saying low IQ and EQ adults should stop having kids? Well, it's uh, well, if, well, before having kids, you, you got to tell the parents to stop having sex. Stop having and sex. they're not doing that. Yeah. Right? 
But what, what I will say, though, if you are going to have kids, there, there's an additional responsibility you have when you are having sex. And uh, that's why, listen, if, if I learned this after making my mistakes. And listen, I'm not speaking of this from any high horse or any ivory tower. I've been there too, man. I've had situations where I was in family court. Look me up there in, in, in Cook County. I had two family court cases, one both. I was a residential custody uh, custodial parent after walking into that court looking like a deadbeat dad because that's how judges automatically look at most men when they walk into court. But I won the case because I took responsibility in my situation because I don't want to feel that either the, the mother of my kids or the courts had any right to say how I dealt with my children as a father and as a man. That's just the way I felt about it. And that's what added fuel to my fire to become an entrepreneur because I didn't want to be controlled one, one bit by other outside force for the decisions I made. And speaking of that, here's what happens when you don't take responsibility of who you have sex with. It might be some regret. Let's look at this man who's looking at his paycheck after child support. Let's take a look at this. My child support right there, that's what I get. So wow. how many of you Take parents out, out there garnish wage of 416 231 children more money than you can afford for yourself like this is ridiculous i'm getting stroked i can't believe this i'm a bottom bum right now you know what I'm saying? I'm not the, next two weeks. on the side of the street or, begging for money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, looking for duckies, son. Uh, pa pause it real quick there. Pause it real quick there. Keep it on screen, uh, uh, Jordan. So he's got, uh, um, uh, if we can take a look, back it up so we can see the deductions on the left side. So he's, he's got, uh, I don't know if you can back it up. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So he's got federal income, 105 income tax. Social Security, you can't de deal with that, right? That FICA is going to do his thing. Yeah. Uh, federal taxes do his thing. State income, Virginia has a state income tax. Texas, there's zero income tax. So the voluntary deductions, most likely his wages were garnished after going through child support court, was 416 and 231, more money than he's paying taxes. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. why, okay, so child support, number one and two, I'm assuming, I'm assuming two kids. Yeah. Why, why does one kid get more than the other? Uh, I, uh, I think it's 20% of your gross income, and then, uh, and then if you have another kid, it's 30%. So it's 20 and 10, respectively. Okay. So no, I don't think no more than 30% of your total income go to child support. No more than 30. Yeah. So the first kid gets 20. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. I don't know if it's the same baby mama or, okay. or wife or two different kids. Oh, so got it. I believe that's the rule. No more than 30% of your gross income can, can go to. And look at this. That's, that's right. So up there is his paycheck. If we keep uh, going forward, I don't know if we can take a look at what his gross pay or is actually uh, his gross pay is at the top. Uh, can we keep uh, pay, uh, playing a forward, uh, Jordan? Uh, down the street begging for money you know what i'm saying uh look, looking for duckies son man living for free and, and so 12 people yeah, it's like 12 up top help and, and such like that man i'm not doing any of that man i'm so, working my ass off to be homeless and i can't even get government help because i make too much money at the end of the year like i make too much money to get so it looks like his check and this is what I'm this, is, this is like a weekly check yeah. here's, the month. here's the month here's the month okay, okay pause Okay, pause. One, Thank one, you. Nine, so eleven ninety five. That might be a weekly check. Yeah. Right. Might be a weekly check, um, or it could be a biweekly check. It looks like a biweekly check. Man. So if it's a biweekly check, so this sucks. If your gross pay is eleven ninety five, so if you're working, if you're working eleven ninety five divided by uh, what eighty hours, you're making fourteen. It's making fifteen bucks an hour, fourteen dollars and ninety cents an hour. So if you are having sex. And she does have a kid with you. You guys have a kid together. This is your future outcome, man. This is what you're gonna, this is what it's gonna look like. This is the legal system at play 
that if you got a job and you are no longer with the mother of your child with divorce or you never married her to begin with, but she puts a case on you in terms of child support, that's your financial future. Let me, let me ask you a question, speaking on behalf of the men who don't have kids or for the men who are, are not unfortunately, but unfortunately they're in a position where they did end up having sex with somebody, whether they like them or not, uh, and they don't know whether they're going to stay with them or not, and now that person is pregnant. As a man, what steps can you take to prepare yourself for a potential outcome in a negative state? So, hey, I'm pregnant. Crap. Okay. What do I do financially? What do I do with my assets? Or what do I do to put myself in a position where I can be in good terms with this woman and financially be prepared for whether we're in a good state or yeah. we end up going down a shitter together? Bro, I, I even go before that. If you got, if she's attractive to you mm. and you have that natural, manly, animalistic desire to procreate and have sex, mm. man, you better make sure she's the right person emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Physically wears off, man. Yeah. You know, listen, man, we're, we're men. We can talk. How much did your disposition change having sex with a woman after you had sex with her? You had this whole ramp up, this blah, 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 conquer, 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 boom, conquered. You have sex with her. And then what? Ain't that crazy? By the way, we're just telling you the truth. And it dips immediately right afterwards. Our, our disposition changes dramatically once sex is made. Because here's what happens. Men say they love you in order to do what? Get sex. Women say, let me give you sex in order to Be loved. get loved. Yeah. It goes like this. And so when you're looking at that scenario, that's why when you remove faith from a relationship and it's based on just physical, you have a very temporary type of situation. But the temporary situation, situation might turn into a permanent situation having a kid, and there it is. Child support not with one, but two kids. I had three kids I'd, I'd, I'd uh, be responsible for. And I said, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not paying child support. I'm taking ownership of my situation. I'm taking care of my kids. Either way, if I'm man enough to have sex, I'm man enough to pay child support. I'm man enough to take care of my responsibility because I had nobody forced me to have kids. And by the way, if this guy is complaining about his child support, <laughs> what's the real complaint, though? You should be careful who he had sex with. Yeah. That's the real issue. And... Uh, Sometimes people don't fix the situation, and they have three kids, four kids, five kids, six kids, and the people that are left without now they're now, now you got a family now with government support, Section Eight, I Link, what's it called? I don't know what's called in Texas. Yeah, no and, idea. And food stamps, whatever case may be. Yeah. WIC. Now you're dependent upon government. Now you're dependent upon other church charities, friends for financial support, and it keeps you removes you from being uh, anywhere close to being financially independent unless great pain kicks in, and then you. Then you will say, you know, I, I need to change. I need to do, do something different. That's what happened to me. I was, I was making, you know, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars a year as a sergeant in the Marines, and I refused. For me, I refused to live that type of life. I was not going to be dependent upon church, charity, government. I was not going to be dependent upon uh, uh, government assistance. I was not going to be dependent upon the whims of the woman I had uh, kids with. I'm in control. I'm in charge. And the less. I put myself in control and responsibility. The more my life was going away from me, and I didn't want that. You know what I like about that uh, the thought process and the perspective of that is that a, lo a lot of people, they know they have a safety net. They know if I screw up, mom has me, dad has me, brother, sister, cousin, mm -hmm. fiance, girlfriend, mm -hmm. boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I know I'm taken care of. So yep. I'm going to screw up, and I'm just yep. I'm going to aimlessly navigate through life versus the people who completely remove that safety net from under them, and yep. then they know that if I screw up, I'm fucked, and I'm sitting in my own shit. Yep. And I, nothing's going to bounce me back up. I'm going to have to get, get up on my own no matter how painful it is. Yep. So having that perspective is definitely very powerful, especially being a man. 
removing that safety net is uncomfortable as they may be, even if it means cutting your family off or pushing them away little by little so that way they don't smother you with the mm-hmm. love they want to give you out of the fear of life happening to you when yeah. in reality is actually happening for you. Yep. So that, that's an amazing perspective that every man should be taking in, in yeah. to consider. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to have sex, make sure you're, 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 you're ducks in a row, man. Forget finance. Get your heart and your spirit in the right perspective, man, of what a woman is in your life. And just because, uh, you know, we had, we had a couple episodes ago where a girl talks about it's okay for a man to cheat because men biologically cheat. Yeah. It's not biological. It's, it's emotionally. It's mentally. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why relationships and marriage is hard. And if you have a marriage and you have a relationship, it's probably one of the hardest things for you to do. That's why you're honored and you're blessed because these things that are putting in priority in your life, you can put yourself in perspective of, hey, how you do one thing is how you do everything. You know how a lot of men judge a lot of other men is by how their wife treats that husband that's that's the jack move yeah when i when i when i meet a, a this is my this is my power move when i when i'm or my power observation when i'm when i'm thinking about doing business with somebody is i just look at the interaction between husband and a wife and a wife honors her husband a husband honors her and there's harmony there and there's peace that tells me a lot about that marriage and gives me an opportunity to see possibly how he's going to potentially treat me would you do business with somebody if the woman is the one running the business and running the relationship then i'm not doing business with the husband i'm doing business with the with the wife, the wife. yeah and that's fine I do, I do there's a lot of wives that i do business with that there might be the stronger business partner but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we disrespect or dis, discredit or dishonor the role of a man in that marriage mm-hmm. she might be the better business person all day mm-hmm. you know and so there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't mean that when they come home that's their dynamic of, of of who's in charge. And by the way, that you know the business. Sometimes with with child support and these type of situations, they use the kid as a way to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Sad part about uh, having kids with somebody else. Vice versa, too, in the business, they use the business as a way to manipulate between husband and wife. Unless the couple is working yeah. together. But if a couple is working together, massive amounts of business and, and, and um, uh, momentum can be attained because one can set flight to one thousand, but two, according to the Bible, two can set flight to 10,000, there's an exponential math when it comes to husband and wife uh, working together in business. Um, you, had, you had a couple of topics there that you wanted to bring up too as well? Yeah, and, and, and this is something that going uh, in, in the realm of, I guess, identity mm-hmm. and men knowing where they stand, women knowing where they stand with themselves and what, the, what routes are, they're, they're playing, what roles are playing in life and what roles are playing in their marriages. Um, and this this is more of a, of a faith-driven uh, topic or video on asking the question to yourself on a daily basis, who am I? So if, if Jordan, we can pull up that video of who are you? found most people don't know who they are. Yeah. They really don't. What do you mean? I mean, I know my name, I know my age, I know where yeah, I live. Yeah, that's not what you, though. You know, that, that, that's know just size, that. If you, you ask the that? average person who they are, they'll give you their name. They'll say, I'm Bob Proctor, but I'm not. Bob and Proctor are two words. The young my Bob parents Proctor, give them to that. me. They're called it's names, but then. it's not me. It's my name. Wow. Then somebody will say, well, this is me, but this isn't me either. It's my body. Like, you never phone down here to the to the studio and say, body won't be in today. It's sick. Okay. You know, we don't say am hand or am leg. It's my hand, my leg, my body, my name. Who am I? Well, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. And I believe if a person will start to study that, and look for the answer, they'll find it. I think we live simultaneously on three planes of understanding. We're spiritual creatures, we have an intellect, and we live in physical bodies. Okay. But because we lack awareness or understanding of who we are, we're totally locked into a physical world. 
and we let things outside of us control us. 95% yep. of the population are reacting to life. They're not really exactly. living at all. Exactly. Like, like, what, we just did business plan. You just did a business plan with PBD, mm -hmm. right? But you paid for it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, part of uh, business plan with PBD over the last eight years in, in December, you know, the first question you got to ask yourself, we, we talk about it here in, in the life insurance, real estate market predictions, and, uh, and outlook is, what are you excited for? My favorite question that Patrick asks us all, all the time, what are you excited? I don't know if you asked that on Friday. We did. He did. He did. Good. So here's what people, how people, most people answer. I'm excited for, you know, this goal and this goal and this goal and this goal, this promotion level, this promotion level, right? So physical and so logical. Mm -hmm. The way you get excited about something is you got to get back to that emotional nature. Maybe you be at that childlike excitement that excitement you had maybe before your birthday or before Christmas, that childlike enthusiasm of how you're approaching the next year. Like, I'm excited next year about taking my kids to the Philippines. I'm excited next year about, about uh, Jordan and, and uh, getting um, his skills uh, tested at four or five years old to see if he's going to be a potential athlete, to see uh, 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 JoJo's face when we take this trip to the Everglades. I've never been to the Keys before. I've never been to Everglades, but we're taking a school trip, so I'm going to be a father with my son on a trip. With Chaperone. Is, yeah. Beautiful. And we're going to enjoy it together. I mean, by the way, I saw the, I saw the amount. I'm like, hey, if I wasn't in control of my finances, I look at that trip, and the first thing I would say, I can't afford it. Because I'm like, I wonder how many other kids are going to be on this trip, because it's not an inexpensive trip. Do you I'm mind like, asking how much it is? May I ask? Yeah, it's about over six grand. Okay. You know? Yeah. With, with just between the two of us. She's going to go for a three, four-day trip to the Everglades, and that is just, that's for the trip. I'm not even talking about the airfare. Yeah. So these things, I mean, these things are av available to you if you're excited about it, but you just can't get logical about it. What did you, what did you get? What was your feedback from your day-long business plan with PBD? Same thing on why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. It's why? What, what I'm excited for. The why. Yeah. Right. And, and everything moves back to my family. Everything moves back to the bigger, the bigger picture on what I'm trying to do in the next 20 years with mm -hmm. the nonprofit and the bigger mission that I have mm -hmm. in, in this world. Because at the end of the day, man, I die tomorrow. I, I feel like I haven't accomplished much. Yep. And how I how I measure that is the way I made people feel, and how many people have actually been able to push closer to God. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about religion, but to the idea that God is the reason why they're in the position that they're in. Yep. And I, I feel I still feel that I haven't done enough of that. I uh, uh, I look back in my last eight years of my life, ever since Patrick has, has mentored us about what your outlook is going to be for next year. What are you excited about? What are you excited about? I look back with an attitude of gratitude, just great grateful for everything that God's been, uh, sent our way. But we busted our ass in the meantime. You know how it is. You you rock with me, right? You 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 train me. You have, you train a lot of our clients in in the Money Smart Movement team in PHP. This is business, man. This is a grind. We have closeouts. We have late nights, early mornings. We got it all, but we still got to get into the gym. We still yeah. got to get uh, our, our diet right. We still got to get our energy up. And I'm looking back from an excitement standpoint to see how excited my mom is to be retired. Mm -hmm. To see how excited my dad is to come to the office. To see excited the jokes I tell my last night I was just telling jokes about what it was to invest the first five thousand dollars into consulting and getting me coached up to be in business. What my mother's reaction was like? Are you crazy? You're crazy. Five thousand dollars on my credit card, mom. I, I need to get this training coaching mentor. Wow. You're crazy. I would never. I would never. But my mind. But listen, what was the payoff? My payoff, mom. If you get behind me and see me ride this through, mom, I'm gonna take care of you the rest of your life. And guess what? That's happened. Yeah. I can't remember the last time my, my mom paid for any meal around me. I, I can't remember. I think it may, may have been 15 years ago that my mom paid for any meal, breakfast, anything. Mom, put your wallet away when you're around me. My father, same thing. To see them retired here in McKinney, to see my in-laws. We retired my in-laws to see them now living their life. 
to give birth to my gift of, 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 my, of my life, which is my wife. To see them retire, to see both parents, grandparents retire, the function they, pay now, they play now, uh, raising our, our, our grandkids. I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about what the next year is going to bring in terms of that. We just did a photo shoot uh, last, last Sunday to see the genuine happiness in their faces, to be able to capture that, just to see everybody in their own element. That what, that's what I want to continue to compound and grow. And there's, there's a video that, that I came across on Instagram on where were you, where were they during my hard times? Because a, a lot of people, they walk into our lives in the midst of this, of mm -hmm. the glory, of the glory days on you t leveling up, having two books, putting your family on, uh, uh, putting your family on, on the platform, helping your agents, helping your sidelines, mm -hmm. take off to the next level and just bringing people up with you, man. Mm -hmm. And I've seen yeah. people honor you in, in, during your birthday and during <laughs> gatherings. But what about the people who decided to leave you in your darkest I've had moments. many of those. Many, I've many of those. So I came across this video and I, I want to get your take on it, what you, yeah. what you think of it. If I hit the lottery and get a hundred million, my family gonna shout, we won. But if I go bankrupt, they say, you bankrupt. I am tired of having people in my life who want to reign with me, but don't want to go through no reign with me. Yeah. It's short, simple, straight to the yeah, point. Yeah, 100%, yeah. You have to evaluate going into the next year who your net 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 negative is and who your net positive is. There's some people that you're happy with in here, but disappointed with them here. Happy with them here, disappointed with them here. So you have to add it up. How many areas do they excite you on with the good and the bad? And is it a net negative when you do the math? Or are they a net positive, right? And so what are some absolutes you cannot have in your life? I can't have anybody around me that's cheating on their wife. Mm. I can't have anybody that steals money from people that, that, that it's corrupt. I can't have anybody around me that... Uh, wants to have any uh, uh, addictive personality to uh, foreign substances to put into their body, I can't have those people around me. Yeah. Uh, I can't have anybody with me with, with, uh, that have bad financial habits. I can't have those people around me. But they're good people. Yeah, They're fun to be around. They're, 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 they're excited. But those things are not my non-negotiables. Take away from the good, and then they become either net negative or net positive. Do you still keep in contact with a lot of your high school or even early, early 20s friends, military friends? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so for me, it's this, this is the battle that I've been battling these last two years with a couple of my close friends, not mentioning any names, where you're, you're in a position where you're winning, winning, yeah. right? Depending on yeah. you know, how, you, how you measure that. And because they're your friends and they've been with you since the trenches and mm -hmm. they saw you start and they see you where you're at today, yeah. where you're like, hey, man, well, at least speak on my, on, my, on my behalf. Like, hey, man, look, you have this skill, this skill, this skill, this skill. We can start here. Can start you off with an with, with an LLC or with an S corp, and you should go this route, this route, this route, this route, and you try to inspire them. Yeah. And you try to give them the tools. Yeah. You try to say, hey, look, I'll pay yeah. for your seminars, pay for yeah. your workshops. Go here, do this, read this book. We'll go. Let's get started. Hey, next time we hang out, when I, yeah. when I fly to Illinois, mm -hmm. instead of going out somewhere, instead of drinking, let's 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 go somewhere, smoke a cigar for hours, and let's business plan. Let's figure it out. And yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. That's great. It's great. It's great. Or I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. When do you know when to say, all right, I tried, I've invested my time into you, I've poured out my thoughts into you. But you're not budging, and I love you, but I think I need to stop pushing you because you're not moving. Yeah, I've I've learned long ago, brother, that if my happiness and enjoyment, fulfillment comes from getting people to change, <laughs> you're just running yourself right into a wall, bro. You are yeah. pounding sand. Yeah. If people don't want to change, they already told you who they are. Don't try to change your mind, man. All I can do is inspire them to the next level and change by me changing. Yeah. But if people, and that's the hardest part because you grew up with them. Yeah. You, 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 are, you share DNA with them and they don't want to change. They don't want to grow and they don't want to evolve. I'll give you a case in point. 
uh, uh, I just got a referral from somebody that knew me from, from our family, 20, 20 family and, and, and church family from 20 years ago. And they sent me a referral. The guy's a CPA. She's, she's a accountant. They're Matt, we're ready to go. They don't know me for 15 minutes. Wow. Matt, we're ready to go all in. You just tell us what we need to do. I need to get insurance license, but you need to go there. And they met with Maurice and Tori Hansberry last night in my Oak Brook office. Mm. They're in there. Boom, they're excited, ready to go. How come they know me for 15 minutes, willing to change their lives, but yet my friend from 20 years ago, still in the same predicament. Still <laughs> in the same predicament. Yeah. But at least she was kind enough to think about me and watch and observe me, to refer me to them. And maybe the people we just got, that, that just got referred to me, maybe they convince her. I can't convince anybody. And look around, bro. How many? Look, you know my organization. How many Filipinos do you think is in my organization? Not my, your mom. And my mom. <laughs> I, yeah. I, you think the Filipinos? Oh my god! And by the way, I was invited to the White House. Being one of the top thirty Filipinos in the country to be invited to the White House. Do you think many other Filipinos drew? Like, do you think I was con convincing them to join me in any endeavor I was doing in business? And guess what? My topic at the at the White House hmm. was economic development. Economic development. My, my, my topic was economic development through entrepreneurship in the White House. Do you think many people in the Filipino community join me in business? But guess what I do, though? Mm. I support other Filipinos in business. I support, I because I want to make sure my bread is flown to their tables, too, as well. And, and they may not do business with me, but in my mind, I'm doing my part to improve my community. How many military buddies and family members from me 20 years ago, 30 years ago, joined me in business? Very little. I've made more money with strangers than I ever have had with friends and family. Strangers. I've made more money with strangers than I ever have with friends and family. Why period. Do you, why do you think that is, man? What, what do you Law think? Law of familiarity. Okay. Law of familiarity. Especially coming, especially coming to this. For example, Jesus, during this time of the year, we're talking about Jesus, uh, uh, his miracles. Mm-hmm. Right, they're they're talking like, hey, uh, who's creating all these miracles? Jesus, yeah, like, I know a guy from high school named Jesus. Think about this. Think about, I'm, I'm just going back to that time, right? Yeah. Who's creating all these miracles? Who's helping the blind see? Who's helping the deaf hear? Who's helping the, the the cripple walk? Who is this guy making all these miracles? Who's walking on water? This guy named Jesus. What? Yeah, he's fed five thousand. What? He turned water into wine. What? Wait, I know a guy from Jesus. Who? Jesus from from Nazareth. Yo, I know that guy from growing up. Really? No. He even says that in scripture. Even says that in the Bible, that people that knew him, he said, listen, a prophet cannot be a prophet in their own land, period. If you think you're going to change people, you want to be a prophet to your friends and family, even Jesus's friends and family, majority of his friends and family, not all of them, but majority of his friends and family did not believe he was the son of man, that he was the Messiah. And look what happened. You say you're, you're, you're going to the Philippines next year, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking your kids with you. Mm -hmm. You have family out there. Yeah. When you go out there, are, is your family more focused on extending their hand down, and expecting you to give, or are they are they? That's a Filipino tradition. Of course they are. Of course they are. And guess what? I probably won't. I probably won't give them just for the sake of giving. I want them to earn something. See, that's the problem with a lot of people in the Filipino community. Going back, it's called the Balak buy-in box. Mm -hmm. We have to bring a box because we're the rich Americans that we have to bring what's rich back to them, and they do nothing for it. Here, and, and I'm going to say this to my, my Filipino friends, and it's probably going to watch this. When I come back to the Philippines, I want you to do something that earns the blessing. Not because you're entitled to it, because you're related to me. Just because you know me on social media. I want to bless people that are willing to be a blessing to themselves 
and a blessing to other people. Why? Because then you earn it. There's a different value when you receive something. That's I'm not going to give. Of course I'm going to give. I'm going to go out there. My kids and I, we're going to give. We're going to give to those who made an impact in our community. And by the way, one of the people I'm excited to give to is my, is my, is my uncle, my Why? sisters. Why is that? Because he's been a lawyer there. He started entrepreneurship in our, in our province. He still maintained the family business, which is a printing press. Back in the day, our family started printing. It's still in business today. I mean, I cannot wait to go out there and bless. Somehow, some way, I'm going to improve their business, whether consulting, find ways to, to expand their business. I'm excited for that. By the way, I came across a video. I'm not sure if we have it, Jordan. If, if we don't, it's cool. We can move on to the next thing. But if, if we do. Okay. So I came across this video. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was digging last night in the Seven Figure Squad channel very, very, very deeply. Okay. And... I don't know. You spoke. What's the language that you guys speak? Tagalog. Tagalog. Yeah. I don't know. You spoke. Language. I just, yeah. I speak, I, this is my first language. That's English. Just, I'm actually English is my second language. I spoke Filipino and Tagalog all the way until first, second grade fluently. I was supposed to be held back because I couldn't understand English. <laughs> so yeah. So I came across a couple of videos where you're actually you come on. It's kind of like a a, a a Filipino version of Mexican Univision del Mundo. Okay. Yeah. 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 Filipino channel. Yeah, the Filipino yeah, can, network. Can you put up. Americans are considering retiring outside the United States. The Social Security Administration has reported that the number of retired Americans receiving benefits has soared to 32% since 2002. And then I'm like, what the fuck is she saying? Your dollars will go a longer way. Our Money Smart Guy and MSN Money Financial Coach, Matt Sapola, is here to answer some questions about retiring abroad. Welcome to Balitang America, Matt. Great to be here. <laughs> okay, so Matt, anong dapat gawin ng ating mga kababayan na gustong mag-retire overseas, lalong-lalo na sa Pilipinas? What can yeah. they do? You know, one of the things that you want to make sure that I understand uh, you I, have your financial I understand, affairs I understand my language, in order before yeah. you go overseas because once you're in the Philippines, uh, it's very Retiring difficult to <laughs> take care of your financial affairs. This is, bro, this is early 2000, man. Uh, or nine. 24-hour yeah, yeah, time difference, exactly. a 13-hour time is wherever you are uh, yeah, in, cool, the, in the country. <laughs> and to get something on this the is phone. back in the day, so, man. See, I've been at this for a minute. I've been at this for a minute. Getting all these and now, there, there you go. Getting there it budget, is. Your I think, Jordan, one thing I noticed about, uh, about Matt is that the message might be delivered in different formats, but the message is still the same. Mm-hmm. You've been preaching the same thing <laughs> over and over yeah. and over and over yeah. and over again. And the reason I say it that way, because a lot of people think, again, it just happened out of nowhere, yeah. or Patrick helped him out, or it, it just happened in the last five, ten years, or he's an overnight success. When you know, when I when I hear those things, I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me do let me do my own research. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go into his channel and dig and dig and dig and dig. And I started going year by year by year. 08, 9, 11, 13, 15, 17. Every single video that it's just him, one too many clips, it's the same message. Yeah. Delivered differently yeah. for that time, for that generation, yeah. in ways that will actually captivate people's attention. Yeah. But it's the same message, man. Yeah, I know. Here's Beautiful. What I, here's what I know. I appreciate you, bro. Here's what I know. There's a lot more people that are more talented than me. There's a lot more people that are more articulate than me and smarter than me and whatever case may But here's what I do know. I can work. I can outwork a lot of them, man. I can outconsistent everybody. I can... I, I got that energy, excitement, the commitment. I'm willing to get better. A lot of guys will just, they'll just lean on their talent, mm-hmm. and then they won't be consistent. And then the channel doesn't do anything. Their brand doesn't grow. And that shows at the gym. I to this day, I've told really? him, I've told Matt, and I've told all my clients because some people ask me, "Hey, who's the hardest working person in here?" Mindset wise, who has a better mentality? Who pushes themselves? Who shows up the most? Late, but shows up the most. <laughs> <laughs> and it's since 2019, every single year. No one's been able to debunk debunk Matt. Wow. No person within your no company. Kidding. 
No person within your company. But I didn't ask you that. It's been three years now, going on four years now. Yeah. Every single year, every single month, regardless of if it's a scheduling issue, whatever the case may be, when he shows up, it just turns into a different into a different energy. His, his his mentality shifts and the energy that he flow that he has for his business, for his life, for his purpose, whatever the case may be, it translates in through what he does in the gym. And it's just I don't want to say amazing, but it's just a, a a almost like an honor, but yet a more of an observant feeling of like, holy shit, like I'm I'm seeing a lot of things that he does in first business manifest here in the gym. And if the way he does this here in the gym I can only imagine the way he flows within the business behind closed doors yeah. when he's planning, when he's getting ready well, for the next that, day. I appreciate that, bro. I yeah, appreciate man. that. Yeah, because when you first met me, man, I had, I'm still working through a lot of aches and pains yeah. from 14 years of not being uh, uh, conditioned from coming from the military. But, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it, bro. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I still I still want to aspire to. I'm not done. I'm far from over. and still recreating myself. Speaking of recreating yourself, I appreciate it, big dog. Thank oh, man. you, man. Um, Let's take a look as we as we wrap up today. Let's take a look at these uh, videos here: the life insurance and real estate market prediction for 2024. Uh, 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 let's take a look at um, the, the video uh, Jordan, where he talks about the, um, the realtors now making zero percent commission. There's a new law that they, uh, uh, well, it's not a new law, but it's just a new uh, um, method of doing business because they lost a class action lawsuit. The real estate association, national association, of realtors lost a massive class action lawsuit about a month ago. And it's creating ripple effects into how realtors in the future are going to be making money in their industry. Let's take a look at this. We've seen a flurry of developments as we rapidly approach the hearing for these three class action lawsuits pertaining to commissions. Imagine that. And now this. Zero commission. The National Association of Realtors, in a complete reversal of their position, has now stated that they're perfectly fine with brokers offering 0% commission in the multiple listing service to buyer's agents. Now, this is going to have massive ramifications for teams, massive ramifications for brokerage models and in terms of their, their yeah, profitability, because now buyer's agents with a high degree of probability will have to negotiate their fee with buyers. And I've been sharing with people for a long time that the way we get compensated as agents is going to change and the way that we do business is going to change. So now that they have reversed that position, what I foresee happening is that MLS systems across the country are going to do likewise. And then we're going to have to figure out a way to operate. Massive so drop in the comments what you think yeah, we can stop, about massive disruption in the real estate marketplace. 1.6 million realtors are in the are licensed in the marketplace according to the National Associated Realtors. They depend on the incentive to sell real estate and earning commissions. Now they're peeling back. So in other words, if you want to buy a house, do you want to buy a house from a realtor that's excited to show you property or one that's just kind of dreading it? Dreading it and the person who's dreading it and trying to get money out of me. I don't want to work with that person. Yeah, so yeah. you're right. They're dreading it. Instead of being incentivized, I'd be excited. If I do my job, God bless the realtors, right? yeah. if I do my job and I go zip around town with you and find the right listings and really listen to what you're looking for so therefore I'm not wasting your time or if I have relationships off MLS because I've been in real estate market for a minute that I can show you a private that's not an MLS is a specialty because I have a relationship with certain people. That's the value I pay for for a realtor. So to see these guys bust their tail and, 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 and not get compensated for it, massive disruption. And who knows, maybe this is a f future of real estate that's going to go into more AI, more technology, uh, seeing and showing property. Mm. And, and so a lot of people are looking for opportunity in the real estate market. Let's take a look at what the new investing opportunity is in the real estate industry. 
Second Silent biggest. Generations currently who's in assisted living. I think there's like 44 million of them. Silent living? Silent Generation. Okay. That's what they're called, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like the 80 to 100-year-olds right now. And then the boomers are that 50 to 80 range-ish. Everyone don't kill me on the comments, okay? Yeah. But the boomers aren't in assisted living yet. But in the next 10 to 20 50, years, they will be. <laughs> and it. there's 76 million of them. So almost twice as much. And we're currently 1.3 million beds short. So... They're only projecting we're building about 50,000 beds per year. This is one of the biggest opportunities our generation will ever have. This might be my break. I might not release this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, shut it off, yeah, shut it yeah, off. Yeah. yeah, so this, so where my parents are at right now is a senior living community. Mm -hmm. So right now what they're saying is that this generation is going to accelerate into retirement and they're going to need a place to live because a lot of them are downsizing their homes. A lot of these baby boomers, just like my parents, sold their property to Generation X or Generation Z. Mm -hmm. So they're 70 years old, they sold it to a 20, 30 year old. That's gonna continue to happen. Yeah. But they need a place to live. So where are they gonna go? They need medical assistance, healthcare around them. So senior living centers are gonna be the future opportunity in real estate investing. It's not sexy, cause it's not, you know, you know, you know, three bedroom, two bath house with grand accounts, et cetera. It's gonna be helping retirees retire with, with dignity. And that's the major area where, where uh, we got uh, opportunity to be in the real estate market. So if you're out there, you want to buy some uh, property, some real estate, that's possibly somewhere where you want to go. All right, let's take a look at um, the life insurance industry outlook. Um, here's my life insurance outlook for 2024. There's a, there's an article out there in USA Today. I'll make my comments on it. But um, technology will continue to improve and expect access to life insurance. Um, Throw noted that about 62% of companies use automated or accelerated underwriting to Prior to the pandemic, but by 2021, the number increased to more than 90% of insurance companies using technology to access and accelerate access to life insurance. There is every expectation that will continue to rise as we leave 2023 uh, uh, in the rearview mirror. So the insurance industry, for example, we just celebrated the 175th-year-old birthday of National Life Group right down the street here. NLG, yeah. NLG. 175 years old, bro. Been in business. This is when California wasn't even a state. But sadly, the insurance industry, as wealthy as it is, by the way, the industry most likely to make you a millionaire if you're doing the business or doing the industry is the insurance industry because their customers are doing business with old, rich life insurance companies that have been earning compound interest. We talk about Rule of 72. They've been earning compound interest for 100-plus years, and um, they've been through pandemic. They've been through civil war. They've been through good times, bad times, World War I, World War II, and they're still in business. And so now they're starting to make very slow to do it, access to technology. Why is that important? Is because when I first started the business, if I'm helping a client, it was a paper application. Best bet, I can fax, remember those things? I can Faxes. fax my application. And then maybe a week, two, three weeks later, maybe the client gets approved. And so that is being replaced now with a lot of technology. And so that's going to expedite access for more people in America outside of getting just getting at their job to get life insurance. Why is that important? Over 150 million people, Milton, in America are either underinsured or no insured at all. That's why, that's why for me, if, if, if I'm in the insurance industry, I'm not bashing other insurance agents with uh, uh, different styles of policy they have with their clients. To me, the biggest problem in America is that people don't have the wrong style of insurance, is that they don't have any, period. And that's the marketplace. And what a lot of people are experiencing too when they get involved in the insurance industry to be an agent or be a broker inside the insurance industry, there's very little competition. Real estate agents are used to having competition all over the place. Insurance agents, not so much. The second thing is the insurance will try to reduce the coverage gap in inflation. Uh, um, right now, there's 44% uh, of women don't have life insurance. Millennials, millennial, your generation, 47%. Gen Z, 49%. Yeah. 
Those who identify as black and Hispanic, 49% don't have life insurance coverage. Households with less than 50000 in annual income, 56% don't have life insurance coverage. So why is this important? We had Master P on uh, last, last year. Yeah. Remember Master P, you talk about people in the hood should buy life a policy. Yeah. Because if people in the hood buy life insurance, you give a splash of capital to the next generation or the beneficiaries or the survivors of the family, sadly, when somebody passes away. Guess who's done that? Rich people. Mm-hmm. Rich people have done that for gener- generations. Uh, two weeks ago, we interviewed RFK, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., right? Mm. The reason why the Kennedys are the Kennedys or why the Bushes are the Bushes is because they passed on generational wealth. And so there's no gaps in their family. There's, there's money to be made. When the baby's born at 9, 10 days old, that baby has a policy. Uh, Kaleo, my granddaughter, believe it or not, bro, she's got a policy. When my babies were born, they got a policy. Everybody in my family has a life insurance policy. And so here, here's what happens when you don't have life insurance. And, and, I'll, and I'll wrap up the show with this. We call it, I call it the five Ds. The five Ds. The five Hit Ds, me. when you die without life insurance, debt, depreciation, doubt, disruption, and delay. Number one, debt. If you're in, for example, if, you, if you're a parent and you co-signed um, that student loan with your daughter, and sadly your daughter passes away, how horrific is that? But has that happened? It's life, right? Yeah. Guess what you now owe now as a parent for your deceased daughter in that situation or your deceased child in that situation? They don't have life insurance. You owe now the student loan debt. Why? Because you're a co-signer of their Parent PLUS loan. And that's sad. Wouldn't that be a sad scenario? You have a, they have a child pass away, and, and then they, they're the most supposed to have the degree to, to pay the student loan. They're not even around, but you as a parent because you're a co-signer of it? Man, hor- horrific. Or if you're a married couple and you divorce, but I don't care. The, the credit card don't care. The, the, the mortgage company don't care if you're divorced, but guess what you owe? You owe that debt. What happens when one of you passes away? Well, guess what? Now you both uh, are responsible for it because you're joint uh, 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 debtors on it. You now owe the debt, even though your partner, your wife, husband passed away. You owe it now. So that's, that's an example of what happens wow. when you die without life insurance. If you had life insurance, though, and somebody passes away, that life insurance policy pays off that debt so you're free and clear. Because th- think about this. What, what happens when you die? Everyone close to you, deceased, is going to wonder how you're going to pay for the funeral. The funeral, the kids, the house, the bills, the cars, the college, future plans, etc. You place your unfinished business, your undelivered promises on everybody else. Instead of fully honoring and mourning your death, they are loathing, they're upset at your death, amplified by the fact. Now, think, think about this, Milton. A very near and dear reason why a lot of people get involved in our industry, in life insurance industry, because they had a parent pass away, a sibling pass away, and they didn't have life insurance. How much different would it have been for your family, for your mom, for you, your sisters, if some agent had the courage to come up and say, hey, Mr. Mr. Alvarez, I think you need to have a conversation about life insurance. 100%. Completely different. Completely different, man. And the, and the crazy thing is, uh, when my dad did pass away, we got a loan because we, we couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford it, so we got a loan. And it's been since 2016, four or five, six, it's been seven years. Mm-hmm. And we barely got done paying it off last year. Wow. There was a lot of 16 interest. years? 2016 to the last wow, year. Wow. A long time. A long time, man. So think about it. Do you want to put your family in a predicament? Learn, wisdom is learning from other people's situation experiences. Second one, depletion. So if you don't have the money and you don't have the savings account to pay for it, you got to go into debt. So you're going to add more debt back to number one. Third, doubt. The financial future of those you left behind, their survivors of your family, will wonder how they can still advance in their future endeavors without your financial support provided while you are living. Fourth one, disruption. You'll never get to begin 
passing on generational wealth. Milton, when you have kids, do you want to pass on generational wealth? 1,000%, brother. Right? 1,000%. You want your children to be the beneficiary of Poppy's smart financial decisions. And bags under his eyes. 100%. <laughs> bags yeah. under his eyes. 100%. But you disrupt it without getting life insurance. Last one, delay. Whatever grandiose plans that you had when you need money is now set back for decades. If all that, you know, if you have plans to start a business, to have your kids go to college, just like Guy Fieri said, right? Yeah. Not going to get anything, but why don't you give them the opportunity to go to college or start a business with life insurance? And you might not have to give it right away because if you establish a will and a trust, in order to get money from the will and a trust to go to college or start a business, your child has to do X amount of hoops to jump over. Mm. Uh, for example, in, in, in my will and trust, if any of my kids are addicted to any drugs or any alcohol, they cannot get access to family trust. How will they know, though? Huh? How will they find out if they are? The family trust officer at the bank. Have you seen those banks? Uh, for example, like uh, Dallas Bank and Trust. So the trust officer will ask. So in, inside that will and trust, they have to go through a piss test. Okay. Yeah. So that's part of it. By the way, I got something else for the kids on the on Halloween. It's also in my will. Yeah. So part of my will and trust, the money I leave behind, part of that is, is a little bit of money to a local flower shop. I just I just spilled the I spilled the surprise, but the, my my family the, the women in my family are gonna get a surprise from me every year after I'm passed away, from the a trust I set up to remind them that they're loved by their father, their grandfather, their great grandfather, that they're important, they have purpose in their life, they're here for something special. But I'm putting that in my will and trust, so I don't want to delay the aspirations of my family last name. If I'm really convicted that my family stands for something, I decide to make a change in. Life insurance is going to make sure that that happens, at least from a financial standpoint. Now, whether or not the values and principles and standards are handed down, that's another story. But if they are, they're going to benefit by having access to family trust. So uh, that being said, guys, if you're looking into aspirations of getting life insurance, if you want to find out how to access life insurance or access these opportunities, send us a DM, send us in, put in the comment section below that you want to have a better financial outlook mm -hmm. in 2024, and we pretend you can do it for you in the insurance industry, and we have some friends and sponsors of the show that help you do it on the real estate side of things too as well. So before we let you go, Milton, it's a pleasure here having you again, another uh, episode here as we continue to progress towards the century mark of the Seven Figure Squad podcast. Any final thoughts here before we let everybody go? Stay tuned for 2024, man. It's going to be a great year. We're going to start off at a really, really strong note. Get your popcorn ready, man. Yeah. So that being said, I, I challenge you guys, have your business plans ready for what you aspire towards in 2024. If, if you got one thought in your business plan you want to share with us, please put it in the comment section below. What are you excited about in 2024? One sentence, please put it in the comment section below if you care to share it, and we'll see if, whether or not you watch the end of this episode. If you have, God bless you guys. appreciate you for watching this episode. Next Wednesday, we'll be back here on the Seven Figure Squad podcast after Christmas. Looking forward to seeing what you guys are excited about and what you're celebrating to and through the holidays. That being said, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Seven Figure Squad. Drop your comments below, like, and share this as well. That being said, on behalf of my co-host, Milton Alvarez from Dallas, Texas, I'm your Mighty Smart Guy, and until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be Mighty Smart today. <laughs>